The lesson is taken from the book of Acts, start with chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now to verses 42-47. The fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to everyone in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Now to chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. The choosing of the seven. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and they said, and it would not be right to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and of wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. To chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. This is the word of the Lord.
Apologies. Good morning. Uh, my name's Tom. I'm a curate here at St. Andrews, although I also have a particular focus on leading a church in Cutslow. It's a real privilege to be preaching this morning, particularly the last of a four-week series that we've been looking at vision here at St. Andrews. The series has been a real delight and an encouragement to hear the vision for St. Andrews for this season. And you know what? Wonderfully, this vision is entirely unoriginal. It's a vision that the church has maintained for a thousand years. But a vision that we get to reimagine for our time and for our context here in Oxford. It's a vision to see lives transformed by Jesus. Where those people who have been transformed by Jesus are also transforming the communities that they're in. And where we are developing godly leaders. And where those things happen, we see growing churches. And it's that last one, growing churches, that I'd like us to think about uh, today. You'll have noticed uh, from our reading that uh, it was taken from four different places in the book of Acts. And the reason for that is I'd love for us to be reflecting this morning of how the vision for St. Andrews is reflected in the wider narrative of the early church. If you've got it open in front of you, uh, turn back to Acts chapter 2. We find ourselves on the day of Pentecost. And we see one of the most miraculous examples of lives that have been transformed by Jesus. In chapter 1 in Acts, Jesus promises that he's going to send his Holy Spirit in order that the disciples might be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. These disciples are transformed by his Spirit. They're transformed from being a terrified rabble hiding in an upstairs room to bold evangelists whose hearts have been completely transformed by God's spirit in order that they might speak and they might live for Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit to live lives for Jesus. Later in Acts chapter 2, I think if you turn a page, we hear how when lives have been transformed by Jesus, it leads to communities being transformed. The community that we see in Acts chapter 2 is one that has been radically and irreversibly changed by God's Spirit. Their testimony is one that Jesus has changed this community and has changed this community in such a way that they impact everybody that they meet. We see how that early Christian community was attractive to everybody who encountered it. 
end of chapter 2, it, is, it says they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. These transformed communities then grew and expanded. And they grew and expanded as we saw the developing of godly leaders. Did you catch it in our third reading? Flip to chapter 6. In a situation that I don't think has changed much in 2,000 years, the leaders of the first church had more ministry opportunities than they knew what to do with. And so what did they do? Well, they developed, they raised up, they invested in, they empowered new godly leaders. They were people who were full of spirit and wisdom. And they didn't just raise them up, they gave them responsibility. They gave them opportunity to grow as godly leaders. And it's no coincidence that as more leaders are raised up, so chapter 6, verse 7, so the word of God spread. The numbers of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Whenever the gospel flourishes in the book of Acts, we see men and women of godly character being raised up to lead, being given the opportunity to lead. And finally, our focus for today. When these three things are happening, when lives are being transformed by Jesus, when communities are being transformed, and when new leaders are growing, then the result is that the church grows. Have a look. Turn to our last reading, the start of chapter 8. We hear a time when great persecution came upon the church, and the church scattered. The gospel, the good news concerning Jesus Christ was preached as they scattered. They were in Jerusalem, persecution started, and, and the followers of Jesus, the disciples, scattered across that area. And as they went, they couldn't help but speak of the good news of Jesus Christ. And whenever that gospel was preached, wherever it took root, wherever it landed in a community, churches were planted and indeed, if we had had time to read and bounce through the rest of the book of Acts, it would narrate what happens when the gospel takes root in different places, in different contexts, and in different parts of the world. We see churches growing. And churches growing means for us here at St. Andrews that we want to see a deepening of discipleship, a growth in the depth of church here at St. Andrews. It also means we want to see an increase in numbers here, and not just here, but in other churches across North Oxford. Growing churches means being a church that is open and welcome, welcoming and attractive to the 96% of people who don't regularly attend church. This is not simply a vision that involves planting one church in Cutslow, which transforms its community. 
but much more than that. A vision to be a church that is growing churches in its broadest sense. A vision to see growth in church depth, in breadth and in numbers. It might mean supporting people as they invest in their local church as well as here at St. Andrews. As we look to the future, it's going to mean asking God and seeking for more opportunities to be planting or grafting more churches in the Oxford area. But right now, the aspect of growing churches that we want to focus on is Cutslow, an area to the north of us where St. Andrews has had a particular ministry and mission for the last 16 years. And as we do, it's important for us to notice how the book of Acts reports on church growth. Because as we've heard this morning, the book of Acts is pretty brutally honest when it talks about churches growing. It reports how the church grew, both in times of favor, we read it in, uh, uh, in chapter 2, didn't we? That they enjoyed the favor of all the people. It's lovely to hear. We'd love to be part of a church like that, wouldn't we? Enjoying the favor of all the people. But also, the gospel grew in times of persecution. Read on to Acts 6, 7 and 8. We hear of the stoning of Stephen. We hear of persecution starting, of Saul persecuting the church. The book of Acts records the failures, the beatings, the persecution, the arguments, the disagreements that happen along the way of church growth. The narrative of the gospel is that in the midst of challenge, and sometimes because of challenge, the gospel thrives and the church grows. And that's what I want to do with the rest of the time that we've got together this morning. I want to share with you some of the encouragements from the work in Cutslow. How we are really seeing lives transformed by Jesus. But I also want to be real about the realities of growing churches. Some of the challenges that we are facing. It's wonderful this morning that uh, Judy and Gareth, who are very much uh, part of the team that are leading the charge on the work in Cutslow, they're going to come and share and speak to us. And Judy's going to share some of the blessings and some of the challenges. And Gareth is going to come and share some of the stories from Cutslow before leading us in prayer. But before that, I want to share with you some of, some of the things that are exciting in Cutslow. Last week, Dan was preaching about the importance of developing godly leaders. And we want to celebrate this morning and to thank you for your continued support of Cutslow and the work there. Because through that, we have a team, myself and Judy and Gareth, who are, who are leading on the work in Cutslow. But on a day like today, it's important that we recognize this isn't a new thing that we're leading. There's been a work in Cutslow for many years and people have been praying and giving uh, and, and 
asking God to do amazing things in Cutslow. And, and as we celebrate harvest this morning, we celebrate all that God has done, that God has been faithful over many years. And we want to recognize that God has been faithful and will continue to be faithful. And we praise him for that. But more than just uh, the team that are leading things, we want to get excited about the growing number of people at Cutslow Connected. That's our worshipping community. A growing number who are stepping up into leadership, taking responsibility for areas of ministry. It was lovely in the uh, 9.30 service this morning. We had some of uh, the young leaders that Gareth is investing in were coming and helping and serving this morning. It's really lovely to see that Gareth is investing in uh, leaders from community, young people who are growing in Christian leadership. A blessing of a different kind is the news that there's going to be a new housing development. I don't know if you'd heard, there's north of the Ring Road, just north of Cutslow, there's going to be a new 1,000 houses developed in that area. When our vision is to see communities transformed by Jesus, we can't help but get excited that there's a thousand new homes. There's more people moving into the area, moving into the mission area that we're focused on, and we want to see those communities reached with the gospel. That's an exciting thing to get excited about. And finally, when we think of the subject of growing churches, we <laughs> We're incredible, incredibly grateful to God and we're rejoicing that we're in the final stages of getting a bishop's mission order agreed for Cutslow. That will provide a, a distinct missional area in Cutslow, which is officially recognized by the Church of England. A place where a, a new church can grow and develop and flourish. A church that's fully supported by the bishop, by St. Andrew's Parish, and also the parishes of St. Michael's Summertown and St. Peter's Wolvercott. That news means we can begin a vitally important shift. From the work in Cutslow being a missionary group, to being a well-rooted and embedded church that's part of the community. And we praise God that that needs to happen and that is already happening. That more and more people are seeing Cutslow not simply as a project to volunteer with, but rather as their own church that they're part of and belong to. That's exciting and something to praise God for. I'm going to hand over to Judy now, and Judy's going to come and share some of those blessings and challenges. Well, as Tom said, I'm Judy, if you don't know me, and I'm the pastoral care worker for women and families at Cutslow. Um, and I'm just going to share a bit about some of the blessings and challenges that are happening at Cutslow. Some of the biggest blessings I see at Cutslow are happening through the relationships that are being formed through Cutslow Connected, our worshiping community, 
and through the programs that we offer to youth and families. We have a core group of people at Cutsville Connected who are there nearly every week and who have really owned this as their church. We see people growing in prayer for each other, reading the Bible, and putting it into practice in their community. And we see people taking care of each other, taking food and meals when someone has been unwell or is in difficulty, checking on each other and praying for each other, supporting each other when family members are in trouble, and looking out for each other's children. All of those things that Jesus tells us that when we do them for others, we're doing them for him. And we recently had a baptism uh, at Cutsville Connected for two boys, and we saw the community come together to support them and their mom and to welcome them into God's family. We spent four Sundays before the baptism preparing, learning what all those symbols mean and talking about what it means to die with Christ and to be raised to new life in him and in his family. And it was a great celebration. The community center was full to overflowing, and there was this great atmosphere of joy and welcome and worship. It gave us a glimpse of what we could be as a community, as a worshiping community out there, if we invited our friends to be a part. Another real blessing for me has been in the work with women and families. Um, My work with families is primarily at the family club. And we also have a parenting group of six women who were in literacy courses at the community center. And then the council stopped the literacy courses. And they asked us to do something with them because they wanted something to do. So Vicki Lavia and I um, did a parenting course with them. And one course turned into another course. And we did two courses that dragged on over 18 months because the women were enjoying being together so much they didn't want to stop. And so that has been a real blessing as we meet to share our lunch with each other and to talk and to do the parenting course and just to share our lives. It's, it's been a great opportunity to share the love of God with them as well. It's a way of sharing God's love with people who might not come to church. And so these programs are really important and cut slow. And we're still meeting, and we're getting ready to start a mental health series called Living Life to the Full with God. And the women in our parenting group told us that they really wanted to focus on mental health issues because this is such a challenge in our community. And so it's been a real privilege to have the resources to share with them and to be able to share our lives together with each other in this way. It's just another way of building relationship. And just as the blessings at Cutslow are related to relationships, so are the challenges. Because it takes a long time to form relationships that are life-transforming. Sometimes people in the community don't stick around long enough for that to happen. Sometimes they drop away. We've had a number of people drift away who were very involved at one time. And to be honest, that's quite discouraging Some people in the community have so many challenges in their lives that compete for their attention. It makes it difficult to be consistent about coming to church and growing in their faith. And I think it's often a story of two steps forward and one step back, and sometimes two steps back, as it is for all of us. But it takes patience and time to stick in there and form those relationships that help. 
So another challenge is that we have to stick around if life-changing relationships are going to be formed. The message translation of the Bible translates that famous verse in John about the word becoming flesh as the word put on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And this is the kind of incarnational presence that's needed moving into the neighborhood and getting stuck in and sharing life in all its messiness, just as Jesus did. And this is the challenge to us as believers. That's why it's so great that we have Tom and Jin living in Cutslow now, and we have other families that have moved in that are committed to the community. And I find it especially encouraging that we have people already living in the community who are committed to sharing the love of Jesus with their neighbors. And this is why it's also so important that we as a church at St. Andrews remain committed to the work at Cutslow for the long haul, for as long as it takes. And your prayers and your giving have made a huge difference at Cutslow, and we are very grateful. So we ask you to pray and to continue to give and to ask God to raise up more people committed to the Cutslow community to show that we are in this for the long haul, for as long as it takes to see lives transformed at Cutslow and beyond. And now Gareth um, is going to come up and share some highlights from the youth work at Cutslow and lead us in prayer. Good morning. Um, so, yeah, I'm Gareth. I'm um, the youth worker there in Cutslow. And uh, I've been asked to share a few highlights. So uh, I've got 50 hi- no, three highlights I'm going to share with you uh, this morning. So uh, I wanted to share sort of like small groups to big groups. So the first highlight for me um, <clears throat> was at Cutslow Connected. We had uh, one young person that asked me to pray with them. And... Um, the following week, they came back and said, God, God answered my prayer. Um, so can we pray about something else? And I said, sure. And he said, can you pray that I become a train driver when I get older? And uh, the boy was about six years old. So, I mean, that was really encouraging to me and lovely to me. Um, the second one is a slightly big, bigger group. <clears throat> so you've heard of Jam, probably, which is a kind of a, a group we do there in the community. And we have a bit of Christian faith involved in it, but it's games and activities, that sort of thing. And... Um, as I was about to share um, a story with the young people, I was um, rudely interrupted, which is quite normal. And uh, he said to me, you're not going to tell us about that uh, story of how God did this miracle in your life. And I said, um, no. And then he proceeded to tell me exactly what I told him four months ago. So that was a real encouragement to me, that not that he interrupted me, but that he could repeat back to me what I told him four months ago. So that encourages me that what we're communicating to the young people isn't just being said, but being heard and understood and repeated back. That's an encouragement to me. That's a small group. And then a slightly bigger group is I help out with a CU, Christian Union, in Cherwell uh, Secondary School over the way there. And um, it's quite a, quite a challenging group. But... Um, we did an Easter event where we did some chocolate tasting, uh, which uh, was really good. And we had a lady from Ocker come and speak, and she told us about Jesus' death and resurrection. 
And we had 62 young people that came to that um, to hear about Jesus and were actually really silent all the way through. And that was was really encouraging to me. And there was lots of young people that came from Cutslow as well to come and hear and obviously try the chocolate out as well, which is obvious. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to pray now, um, a little bit like what we do in Cutslow, where what we do when we pray is we write down on little post-it notes and then we pass them to the front and then we we read them and pray, pray for them. Um, so what you've got is you have got some post-it notes near you somewhere. If you don't have any, um, I've forgotten her name now, is it Helen? Um, has got some post-it notes that she can give to you if you'd like them. And there's pens, so if you look in the pockets in front of you, you might find them. But if you would like to pray for Cutslow, feel free to do so. Um, and then when you leave the sanctuary, if you would like to place them on the cross or the whiteboard at the back, that would be a real encouragement for us. Um, so we're just going to show you a few slides from the work we do there in Cutslow with the young people, and there's some quotes on there from them. Uh, so we're going to show you that while you're just thinking, and then I'm going to wrap up in prayer.